Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor Dag Heward Mills. A prophet is someone who delivers what God says directly to his people. And according to scripture, believing in a prophet is a key to prospering. In this Monday's message, Bishop Dag will teach you how prophecies are an entry point into the supernatural and exciting aspects of Christianity. After listening, you will appreciate the prophetic words that have been spoken over you and you will begin to recognize the significance of the voice of a prophet in your life. Listen and be blessed by the word. Hallelujah. All right. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to give today and to prosper. We're grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What a blessing. Now, it's time for prosperity again. Amen. How many have been enjoying the prosperity teachings that come during the offering times? Amen. Now, I just want to go back and read um, my book on He That Hath, chapter 4. If you sit in a group meeting with pastors, churches, leaders, nations, businesses, hospitals, law firms, shops, like everyone in a group that you belong to, right? And you see inequalities. You see some are more prosperous than others. And this chapter of the book is just quotations from research done by some people in the year 2006. So it, it is quite interesting because it confirms many things that the Bible says. Amen. Number one, and I wish you could just quickly show my book uh, so that you believe. I don't want to sound like I'm making a comment about anything. And then chapter four, please. Please get this book. You know, everybody should read this book. Just read it slowly. It's not a book to read quickly, just little by little. Even this chapter, it's, it's difficult to understand, I know, because it's, it's, it's research. But it's, it, it, if you read the sentences, you'd be surprised at what it's saying. So, number one, I'm going to read the, just one. It says, in the United States of America, the most commonly held view of poverty is that people become poor 
because of personal traits that they have. Are you there? Those online, I, I don't know if you are watching. Please take note that this applies to everyone who's watching online that prosperity comes to certain people. There are inequalities everywhere. And there are reasons for the inequalities. So I hope you are watching and you are listening. Just put your food away and concentrate. All right? It's going to be a blessing to you. Amen. All right. So, in the United States, all right, it is a view. Because the research, I think, was done in America. And there's a lot of poor people in America. Lots of poor people. Now, it is believed there that it's your personal behavior, traits, that makes you either rich or poor in America, based on the, the research that they've done. That's number one. Number two, it is believed that these traits cause a person to fail in life. And the traits that lead to poverty range from personality traits to other traits like laziness and even educational levels. All right? So here also we see that educational levels and laziness, personal laziness, all right? It has a lot to do with prosperity. That's what they found. Now, why would you say it's personal? Because America, if you do this research in America, you probably have to accept the fact that you are dealing in the richest country in the world. I think it's the richest country in the world or one of the richest countries in the world. So if you are in the country and they find all the poor people and they do the research, and they find out that when they analyze why there's poverty, so much poverty, they feel from the research, doing, you know how to do research, give out questionnaires, find out things, talk to different people, fill forms, and then they use uh, statistics the number of people who did this, number of people who did that, and then they tabulate it. That's statistics. We do that in school, all right, to find out. Do you get it? Whether the statistics is true. Is it, and, and they find from statistics some amazing facts. Okay? One time I was with one of our famous footballers on a flight, you know, and he had stopped playing for the Black Stars. And I asked him, is it true that you can't play the black star. He, st- he told me, look, at a certain point, when you shoot at the goal, the ball goes, it's like it goes a little to, to the side. It's not the same. And it's like the statistics, you see, they use statistics. Number of shots at goal. Number that are going straight to the goal from this player. And when they count the number of times you shoot at the goal, the number of times it's missing. And you realize that from a certain age, most of the time it's missing just slightly. <laughs> so they don't just decide, but they do research. And I'm sure nowadays when you watch football, they say percentage of possession, ball possession, number of shots at goal, number of corners, number of free kicks, number of this. All the statistics reveal something. Okay, so they've done research to find out 
a lot about uh, poverty. And they found out that it's not the country, but it's the people in the country. So this would apply, I'm sure, also in Africa, in all the African nations, that it's not the continent. It's not the continent. It's not the location. Because if you, if, you, if you were to fly to South Africa, that is before apartheid, or just after apartheid, you wonder which country you are in. Honestly, the first time I went to South Africa, it mainly reminded me of uh, arriving, flying into Holland. I thought I was in Holland. When you look out of the window, you see some particular characteristics. And it's a very, very, was a very, very prosperous country. So it's personal traits of the people there, okay? Now, in America, it is believed that it is always the individual's fault when he fails to climb out of poverty. It's, it's believed that it's always the individual's fault when he fails to climb out of poverty. Now, this is research. So America believes that if there is a country, a nation, and the nation is not able to come out of poverty, it's the nation's fault. They believe that if there are 10 children and three of them are not able to come out of poverty, it's the child's fault. They believe that if there are different uh, businesses and these businesses are unable to come out of poverty, it's the business leader's fault. So they, they believe that it's always your fault based on the research, always. All right? Number four, another generally held belief is that poor people are poor because of their own personal failings. Right? Therefore, poor people should not be compensated and assisted by the state. That is their belief. I mean, from the research. Why, 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 why is this important? It is important because, uh, you see, in America and certain countries, they have so many things if you are poor. You have food stamps, food free accommodation in England. You know, if you come as an immigrant in England, they'll put accommodation, they rent apartments for you, they rent houses for you, give you food, give you for your child, child health care, everything. Education, all that is provided. So now England have got so many of such people that they've now decided to send them to Rwanda. So they've come to an agreement with Rwanda that they are going to fly all these people to them. And Rwanda have built apartment, I mean, hostels and so on to keep them. So that you will not be so encouraged to come to England as a poor person. Because it's like England are spending billions of dollars or pounds to look after all the poor people who come to England. So now, I think the first flight to Rwanda, I think it was stopped by the Supreme Court. Yes, but it looks like they, I'm sure they will continue. So they are going to move all of them to Rwanda. So when you are coming to England, it means you are going to Rwanda. <laughs> but you see, there are some people who have done the research and they feel that the condition of the nations or the people or the businesses or the shops or the shop owners or the person who's doing the business, or whatever, 
the work you are doing, it is your fault. And therefore, you shouldn't be assisted or compensated. That is why today, they would rather give 33 billion or 40 billion dollars to Ukraine to fight, to make bombs and so on, than to give it to Africa to solve our problem in one day. They they realize that our personal traits will even unravel the the aid that is coming. That's why they don't give much aid anymore. And it's China which has started giving it. And even China, what the way they do it is that we'll give you this and then we'll build a, 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 we'll build a road for you and then you pay us with bauxite. We'll, be, we'll build this for you because it's like if they give us the money, they're not so sure how it will be used. So it's like we'll build a road from here to here, make a railway from here to here. In exchange, we'll mine all your bauxite and whatever. Because the personal traits of the people, if you pay them the money, you get what I'm saying? You're not so sure. I hope you are trying to understand the world. I'm just reading from my book. It's not a new book. Oh, I'm not commenting about anything that is going on in the world. I'm just, I'm just reading the book to you. Research, actually. It's not even my, my words. These are just research findings. Whether I believe it or not is, 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 is not what's important now. It's whether it's research or not. Now, number five. It is apparent that poor people and poverty are generally viewed in a negative light. Number six. Poverty is therefore viewed as something to be attacked and eradicated. Do you all have the book on your phone? Everybody should have the book. If you don't have the book, raise your hand. We will put it on your phone free of charge for you after church at the podcast corner. Please come for book installation. Okay, free book installation. It's a blessing. How many go to church and you can't get a free book? And that's the book I'm reading to you. Poverty is therefore viewed as something to be attacked and eradicated. It's seen as though this thing, we must attack it and eradicate it. Unfortunately, the negativity towards poverty often leads to an extension of negativity toward poor people themselves. Do you understand that part? What he's trying to say is that because poverty is seen as something that should be removed, eventually attacking the poverty sometimes becomes like you are attacking poor people themselves. All right. So every one of us should take note of this because I believe that God is showing us these things, all right, that don't look out at someone and say, it's because of you that I'm poor. If you are in the family and uh, maybe in the family there are three children, okay, and then you've been adopted as a fourth or maybe you were even a house help and then you were added to the family or you were a cousin and you were added to the family or you were a relative and you were brought in and you were made a, a part of the family. After some time, what happens is that the person who has been brought in as a relative to come and stay, maybe as either you were a house help or a cousin or a stepchild or an in-law or any other kind of relationship or a friend's, or a friend's child or a friend or whatever were brought in, After some time, that extra person 
starts to blame the family which have taken him in as the cause of his difficulty. Which is very sad. And sometimes starts to say in their hearts that I'm not treated as a real child. And the real children, look at how they benefit. Maybe the so-called real children were taken to, let's say, a a, a well-known school like Wesley Girls. But then you were taken to St. Kizito's Girls School. Do you see? St. Kizito's Girls High School. But they were taken to Wesley Wesley Girls High School. Or they were taken to Wesley Girls at uh, Cape Coast and you were taken to Wesley Girls at Kumasi. So you are blaming now that you were not treated well. But meanwhile, if you were not taken into the house, you wouldn't have even had the Kumasi Wesley Girls or I don't know what St. Kizito Wesley uh, School. Are you there or you are leaving? Are you angry with me? Let, let's share the grace. I think we should share the grace. <laughs> I think I'll stop because <laughs> what I'm saying is that do not blame, okay? Do not blame any circumstance of yours for being the reason why you are where you are. Why? So that your mind gets free. When your mind is free, you can see, the, you can see hope and other reasons for your life, how you can do well. But if your mind is blaming somebody, you never have hope and freeness of your spirit to see what is the opportunity that God has given to you because your mind is clouded with confusion that oh I've been cheated I went to Achimota school okay I went to Achimota school but I can tell you other schools that are higher than Achimota school that I could have gone to what, 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 what school did you go to in England you what school the King's school in Peterborough. He went to the King's School in Peterborough. I could have also gone to the King's School in Peterborough. I could have gone to what other school? What other famous schools are there? Fountain School for Boys. Ponton. Taunton. Taunton School for Boys. I didn't go, get to go to Taunton. I went to Atimota here, no. Yes, and what other school? Eton. That's where the Prime Ministers and others went to. Derek Prince went to Eton. Derek Prince. Prince Charles and others, that's the, they went to that school. And what other school? Presec. No, no, I mean higher schools, higher than Ajimota. <laughs> what other schools are there in England? Grammar schools. Oh, yes. Pardon? King Edwards. King Edwards what? Grammar school. King, I could have gone to King Edwards Grammar School. But I, I, I didn't have that opportunity. 
It didn't even come up as an option. I was sent straight to boarding school at Chimota. Oh! But if I cloud my mind, blaming my father, and my sister was actually sent to a boarding school in England. So I could also say that why I should have also gone to school there. Why was I not given the opportunity? And my mind would be clouded. But you see, that's why, the, that's why the research is pointing to you. Don't point to anything around you. It says it's personal traits and personal behavior and personal things. So if a family has taken you in as a house help, a cousin, we have a lot of that. How many know anybody like that? You were brought in as a friend, a cousin, relative, helper, an uncle's child somewhere. You don't even know the relationship, but you are in the house. Oh, yes. And you are given the opportunity. Do not start focusing on someone else's opportunity and say, if I had had that chance, then I would have been whatever. So look to yourself. You see, and that is why you see, in, in, in certain countries, um, before apartheid, when apartheid was there, it was blamed on the white man. The white man was the baddest human you can ever find who has given, taken away education, taken this, taken everything was taken away. Now it's been 20 plus years. All right? And whatever it is, you, you start to reassess those things whether it was really that or is it something personal you see so that's what I'm saying that don't look look at Zimbabwe Zimbabwe had thousands of white people and they blamed them for every difficulty and they threw the white person out of the country all the white people have left they are left with I think about 5,000 of them left and I mean, you drive through Zimbabwe today, it's just bushes all over the whole country. No currency even. So, you see, that is why poverty is seen as a personal trait and not as something that's being caused by the country or by being caused by somebody or by being caused by anything else anywhere. And that's why in Ghana... When President Rawlings was the president, we used to hear colonialism, neo-colonialism. We used to hear colonialism. Today, we don't hear colonialism. They they, they even feel shy to say it's colonialism that is causing us what what we are experiencing. They they can't say it. Yes. Now we hear COVID Uh and other things. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And Ukraine and Russia. I never knew that we were so connected to Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. You know, we are so disconnected from Ukraine that to get a visa to Ukraine, you have to fly to Abuja. There's no Ukrainian embassy anywhere near here. You have to fly. I know I've had to send so many people to Abuja when we were going. You have even been to Abuja for a visa before to go to Ukraine. Yes. It's, it's, we are so disconnected from it, but somehow their crisis is really what is causing our problem now. You get what I'm saying? So, intractable poverty, you know, brothers and sisters, always blame yourself. So, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, hey, blame yourself, blame yourself. Don't say, I mean this or that or whatever, and 
You know, no, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. And you know, as a church, well, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I, I don't want to blame, and I don't, we don't blame COVID or oh, since COVID, this, you know, the church, this, that, whatever. So no, there's nothing that, as far as I'm concerned, church is church, and we are moving on. Yes, it's true that a lot, lot more people are online. A lot of people don't come, come to church. On, I met somebody yesterday. I was asking, so have, has the attendance in your church gone? They said, oh, drastically. Yes, most people are happy. They are comfortable online and, and all that. Online people. Yeah. <laughs> online people. Are you there? Uh-huh. I hear you are comfortable online. <laughs> I pray that it's not laziness that's not making you come to church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But at least if you are online, at least try to sit down in one place and listen to what is happening. Amen. So brothers and sisters, let us not blame anybody. Everyone could blame somebody of something somewhere is affecting this, affecting that. Try hard is the best way to see yourself as the reason for whatever situation you are in. Amen. And I believe God is going to bless you. You know, there is something that I wanted to share. And I want to just, uh, this is, so that's the first part of what I'm, this is like the message, just like the preaching for Sunday. After this, you can even go if you want. But I want you to look at Luke 6.38. This is a door to the supernatural. A door to the supernatural. Now, it says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Which, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. For with the same measure you meet, without it shall be measured to you again. This is one of the most used scriptures. I'm sure when we get to heaven, to be retired. You know, because it has really been used a lot in church. <laughs> so, everybody knows it. But people, because it's repeated so often, do not realize the supernatural nature of the verse. Look, no one gives to people who give in the natural. There's no reason to give. If you need something, you should rather get, not give. It, it is the opposite of someone trying to build, you are trying to build a castle with sand. So you take the sand that you are using to pile up to build a castle and you, you throw it away. You don't do that. You keep taking more sand and adding to the sand you have to build a castle. No one gives away what you are trying to acquire or heap up. So the Bible is now giving you a supernatural way to supernaturally involve God's power in your finances. And that supernatural way is giving. Giving. All right? Now, Throughout my life as a pastor, I have seen that God gives us the opportunity to supernaturally change our lives. If, if at the end of this life you, have, you are able to write a will and leave something behind for your child, I tell you that you have overcome um, one of the big cases few people have ever. You, you will see most of us, 
Our parents leave us nothing, practically and truthfully. And sometimes when they even leave us, they leave it for five children to divide a car. Five children to divide a car and so on. Or even to inherit their mortgage. Yes. Because the curse that is in the world is very clear. It says, in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. So that means that you sweat, 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 and you get very little. All right? And that's just bread, not not a house. So to move from a bread to a house is is another level. (laughs) You must have so much bread that you, you sell and it can be turned into a house. And how much more a house to leave for your child? Hmm? Really, really something that your child can have. Uh, that's, that's really a level. It's a high level. It's a very high level. It's rare. You may not know, but it's rare. So, I've rarely known people who inherited things. Like if I look through my life, my friends, people that I've known, I've hardly known anyone who inherited anything genuinely. Like, I, I, like, I'm living. Where I'm living, I inherited it. Wow. It's not common to meet people. So, this house I'm living, I inherited it from my father. Or I inherited it and I'm in it. And I'm using it and I'm enjoying it. I mean, how many people do you know like that? <laughs> Think about it. Like, freely, I've actually inherited something usable. I mean, they may give you something somewhere that whether you can ever go there. Yes. So I am, I am ministering to you a very great blessing that will change your life Amen. if you can listen to what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. You see, your natural life and your natural finances must go a certain way according to the systems that are in the world. But you can change it by giving and by supernaturally involving God in your finances. Amen. And by laboring for God. You know, Jesus said something when his disciples came back from buying bread. He said in John chapter 4, labor not for the meat that perisheth. He said, don't don't give your whole life to trying to get, look at it, Something that perishes. But labor for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. In other words, spend your energy doing things that are eternal and spiritual. Look at it. Beautiful scripture. I mean, this was the advice he gave. Read the verse before. From the verse before. Verse 26. Jesus answered them, Verily, I say unto you, seek me not. You seek me not because you saw the miracle. This was after the Miracle, he turned the loaves into uh, what happened today at the film stars. He said, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. And that's why you've come. You've come for bread. So he, he advised them in verse 27, don't struggle your whole life. My whole life I have not labored for bread. Oh, yes. Even today, by the grace of God, I don't know the price of Kelly Willie. 
Oh yes. I don't work for I don't work for food. I don't know the cost of many things. By the grace. Oh yes. The KFC down down our corner. I don't know how much it costs. Oh yes. I don't know how much it costs. Because I can get more than 25 people here to buy me a bucket of KFC after church. I will not struggle at all. 25 is small. I can get 100 buckets. (laughs) Oh, yes. Because I do not labor for the meat that perishes. That's not my work. I labor for souls. Oh, yes. Today, a brother was sharing with me how he had an accident and his hip joint was broken. I mean, the hip joint. So I asked him, lift your leg. Let me see how how much you can lift your leg. And he lifted his leg like this, a little. You know, and I told him at the end, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me something. In the realm of the Spirit, I said, the most important thing for God is for your leg to be healed. This is, I could see the burden of the Lord for him. For him to be healed. For him to be okay. That, you see, that was my concern as I was talking with him. And another person was telling me how he had three friends. There were three. And they used to do every bad thing together. But he got the message that one of them, he took some drugs He described the name of the drug and then he became high and went to a tall building and jumped off the building to his death. And that he's just thanking God for how he got saved. And everyone had a different problem. Somebody's going somewhere. And so I felt the Holy Spirit's presence saying that the most important thing for you is for you to be okay. And for them to be healed of all these different issues. You see, what I'm saying to you is that my, my concern is not KFC or how to get chicken, but for the souls and for the people, the sheep and the ones that God has given me to look after, to pray for them, to talk to them, to encourage them. That is my work. That is what makes me happy. I, I, my, my work is not how to get bread or KFC or meat. No, no, no. My whole life has not been about that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Labor not for the meat that perishes. Jesus is showing a master key to this life. If you can ever switch, if you can ever switch to living your life trying to get things, to living your life trying to be a blessing, and trying to be, to minister, to help people, to help the work of God, you would have switched roles and you would have escaped a certain curse, a real curse that is in the world. And that curse is such that people have gone to school, have opportunities, have got the passports, have got everything, and still they are not getting so much more than just eating bread. That's what I'm saying. That what, How come 
People have such great opportunities, but it's not amounting to so much. And that's what I'm trying to share with you. That unless there's a supernatural element added to your life, eh, you are not going to experience a certain level of prosperity. And I believe that personally, experiencing prosperity has, is connected to not working. If I was working normally, I'd be at Mampropi Polyclinic. Or I'd be in America. But have you asked yourself, why are all those wonderful American doctors, why don't they come around more often? <laughs> why, 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 why don't we see them? It is so great and there's so much money to be made. For 30 years, why are they not so much more freer? And able to just do whatever they really want to do. It's not like that. <laughs> now, the curse is strong. The curse is strong. But I want to say something. Listen, I hope you are listening. Yes. Oh, I should stop. Should I stop? Should I stop? I want, you to, I want to say something that is going to change your life. And I hope you listen. You see... Watch for the junctions of your life where God gives you an opportunity. Watch out. Many years ago, in about 1998, 1998, it was May. We as a church, right, we we, 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 we had some difficulties. Then we had some church members, you know, and then we, we needed some legal work. Legal work. So there was a brother in church who was a lawyer. Do you see? He was, a, he was also starting, he had rented. He had rented uh, uh, a small an office in Usu, upstairs. And there were some shops, and he was upstairs. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he, he had also started his firm. Although he was a lawyer, he was just flowing normally with us. When the time came for legal work, Although we had lawyers, because I, I come from a family of lawyers. Everybody I know is a lawyer. Most, my, from my father, my grandfather, my uncles, cousins, they are all lawyers. I, if I look around, I'll see a lawyer sitting right here. Anywhere I turn, it's a lawyer. My wife is a lawyer. So lawyer, law, finding a lawyer is not, it's not such a strange thing to me. But we needed a lawyer and I decided to let him do some work. So, he did it. I'm talking about 1998. You should imagine when that we moved into Collegono in 1993. So that's just five years. The church was quite young and small. And then I asked him to do some work. So he helped to do some big contract we were doing at that time. And then, you know, these lawyers, he in particular... His law firm, if you call him, they have something depressed and then they start to time as you are talking to them. When they finish, they'll tell you, you're talking for 42 minutes and this is the price per hour. 
He brought it to Ghana, that thing. Many times I've seen him. Many times he will come, go, different things. Then finally one day I said, I said to him, I wasn't so serious, but I said, send us the bill. Send us the bill. And he sent the bill. Hey. In those days, bills come in the form of fax, faxes. The fax came out of the paper. I couldn't believe it was coming like this. It was rolling, it was rolling, it was rolling, it was rolling, it was rolling. Long, detailed bill. Every call, every minute, everything. When I saw the bill, I said, wow. It wasn't meant to be like that. Yeah. It's like when people say you are invited, come and eat, and you are invited. It's not serious. They don't mean it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he came to me. When he came, I said to him, Brother, how can you send such a bill? I asked you to send, but how could you do it? <laughs> so I took his bill. I said, you have it back. It's a blessing for you to do this for the church. And he said, it is. And I'm talking about, these are people that he doesn't do things free. Not that he doesn't do things, like these law firms, they don't do things just free. Oh, yes. He never charged us one dollar one pin. He did everything. He dealt, negotiated with the Lebanese people, with this, with that, different things. Met them, whatever, payment, whatever. He did everything. Wow. Never paid him anything. That was a supernatural door to me, for him. Before I came to church, I decided, let me just Google and see whether I'm imagining. Top law firms in Ghana. Top law firms in Ghana. When you Google, his name is then comes straight, number one. Top. I mean, and that's 1990, whatever. 1998. Yeah. When he was sleeping on a shop. Yeah. But when you Google now, top law firm in Ghana. Top law firm in Ghana. Number one, two, three, four, five. He's there. Top five law firms. One, two, three. He's up. number one, number one, number one, number one. No, I believe that supernaturally, you see, the power of God. So, and I was there. Each office that he built, I, I, I was there to dedicate it. Wow. Oh, yes. I was there to dedicate. Every office that he built, I dedicated it. He will not dedicate it without me dedicating it. Oh, yes. Eloya. Top law firm in Ghana. Top law firm in Ghana. Was our church member to the end of his life. Kujo Bensi Angel, I'm talking about. Oh, yes. I honor him. Yes. But I want to say to you that... The supernatural addition. You see, you can easily not become whatever. Yes. When I presented myself to him, I was presenting myself to him. Opportunity, oh, opportunity to be blessed. Not opportunity to add me to your clients. I went somewhere. somewhere they, 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 then they charged me the, the bill. They charged and they mentioned it's a thousand CDs. So I was wondering why they were charging. I was saying that this is your opportunity to be blessed. To become number one. Not that I, not that I can't pay. 1,000 CDs, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. I can pay it by the grace of God. How many will pay the 2,000 for me or 3,000 for me? You've got your chance to pay it. 
Oh, yes. Try to seal your normal everyday life is going to bring you up to a point in terms of working. Thank God for all these good professions, lawyer, doctor, this businessman. If they were so rich, let's take their businessman. If they were so rich, why are they working every day? Why can't they take a break? If they were so rich, and you ask me, so why don't I also take, I mean, I'm not working for money. I don't need a break. I'm working for eternity. Eternity is not, for, it's not forever till eternity. Yes. Why, why, why is there not more freedom? Yes. Why, why, why is there not more of everything? Have you thought about it? Yeah. If these professions are so great and so wonderful, why, why is there not more liquidity? Huh? <laughs> you hear people mentioning millions of dollars, but not easy to part with $5,000. If I stand and do fundraising for $5,000, it will cause a crisis. I'm telling you an opportunity. Whenever God presents you an opportunity to be blessed, be blessed. Don't even see the church as a, a, a door to make money. There are people who come to church and feel it's a, this church has money. So we are going to make money out of the church. And some people even think so legally that they can do something and the church will pay. But our church will not pay anything like that. Never. It will never pay. We've written it even down that the church will never pay such money. Yes. Don't look at the church as a, as a place to get money. No, 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 no. You should see anything to do with God or with God's self as a chance to be blessed. Yes. Especially if it falls in, your, falls in your area of expertise. Because if you are a lawyer, because I'm a doctor, I give people advice that saves their life. I don't charge anything. I give people, I've done so many things that people can point to me and tell you I've saved their life. I didn't charge anything. But I'm also doing medical work. If you are a lawyer, you can do something. I mean, it's something that you normally write. I mean, so many things that can be done and it's become a bill. You could have just done it using your normal intelligence and it's a blessing. Don't miss the great doors that come into your life. Oh, yes. Don't miss the great doors that come into your life. So whenever it's time to give an offering, don't miss an opportunity because maybe you don't work in the church so you don't know what it is. Look at the block we are building over there and the churches we are building all over the world. Most of our churches are uncompleted. Most, almost 100% are uncompleted. Why? Why are they uncompleted? Because they are not completed. They are not completed. That's why they are uncompleted. They are not completed. You don't speak English. <laughs> because you haven't done what? Yes, it's not complete because we don't, we, we don't have enough money to finish each one. We, have, we are doing many places. Oh, yes. So let it be seen as your great door so that your life will take it. Look, Ecclesiastes 4.14 has a very bad promise. Do you want to see Ecclesiastes 4.14? It's not good at all, but you look at it. 
It says what? Out of prison he cometh to reign. Eh? That is, it's a type of person. He has come from a certain type of captivity to come and be, to, to reign, to, to rule, to be in charge. To reign. And what does he say? Whereas also he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. There are some kingdoms when you are born there, you will be poor. Yes, there are some countries when you are born there, you will be poor. Not because of any bad thing you've done, but the way the kingdom is and the person who is reigning, it will affect you. That's what the Bible is saying. Mercy. I hope I'm talking to the right group. I don't know whether I should rather talk to those online. Maybe the online people would appreciate what I'm saying better than those who are here. Oh, yes. Those of you online, I don't know whether you, are, you can see me. Oh, yes. Believe. Believe. Do something to change your life financially. I remember some years ago, there was something I was supposed to receive. Ah, something very important. Then the Lord gave me a vision. In the vision, I saw an angel. I've seen angels a number of times. I've seen angels a number of times. An angel came into my office with a lamp, skinned white, and knelt down in front of me and gave me the lamp. And I, I said, what is this? And the Lord said, this is something you have to sacrifice. It's not something you have to receive. This is something you have to give up. Something you have to sacrifice. And I decided there and then, I will not receive what I was going to receive. And that was the end. The Lord has given me many times more than that in my life. Oh, yes. Many times. So, believe for Jesus to come to this world and multiply bread to the point where people can't believe it. And they even want to make him a king. It shows you that he is the one who controls money and controls provision in this world. It's supernatural. May your life change every time you get a chance to give or to even make yourself available to God. Sometimes you don't have anything to give, but that is where you now give yourself. If you ask me, what have I given to the kingdom? I've given myself. I've given my whole life. I mean, how, you ask me, how much have I given? That's not even a topic. If we go into it, you may be surprised. But let's forget about that. I've given myself. How much am I worth? Oh, yes. That's why it says, labor not for the meat that perisheth, but labor for the meat which endureth to everlasting life. And I know God is blessing everyone here financially. You know, I found the first love church, even though we are made up of children, to to be becoming more prosperous than even the Kodesh. Don't tell them that I said it all. Don't tell them I said it. Do you know the sign I saw that happening was when we gave to the prisoners 
And the doctor told me that the amount given by the First Love Church children is more than the amount given by the Kodesh for, to support pris- the prisoner Easter that we do in Christmas. I saw that, hey, a sign of supernatural wealth is coming. Supernatural jobs, international jobs, unnatural provisions and unnatural supplies and positions and unnatural gifts and graces. Oh, supernatural doors. I said supernatural doors of opportunity. Supernatural graces in times of famine. Supernatural help. Angels fighting for you. God fighting for you. God blessing you. God helping you. God fighting for you financially in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May the angel of the Lord fight for you. May he appear in your life as a flame of fire. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth from the Father? Flames of fire. Receive a flame of fire. Receive grace from God. And those are watching online receive grace from the Father, grace from God to succeed and to be blessed financially in every way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wow. How many feel that God has spoken to you? Only 14 people. Okay. Take out your special offering this morning. And um, I believe this is more than an offering. Amen. Everyone giving generously to the Lord. This is your chance to give. This is your chance to give. This is your chance to give. Give generously to the Lord. Amen. Give generously to the Lord. Take out whatever you have. Those of you online, it's time to give a flow offering. Flowoffering.com. I think there's even a, a, what's it called, QR code. You want to give, just, yeah, scan to give a flow offering right there. What a blessing. Everyone giving, everyone supporting. Last week we had a meeting looking at our various buildings in the first life church many 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 uncompleted we are trying to complete a lot of buildings that we've started we have the steel but we need to do more and to finish let the buildings be complete be connected to electricity have a stage be tiled be nice a nice church amen all around everywhere we have almost 1,000 church buildings. That's, that's an achievement. It's something wonderful and, and great. Are you glad that your church has got almost 1,000 church buildings? Oh, yes. Father, thank you for blessing everyone as we give today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. What are we doing for others? Amen. Were you blessed by that song? I um, 
I am blessed to introduce the next part of today's service and it's time for the word of God. Now I'm not sure when the word of God is where they start offering time or is when the film stars are acting or when the choir is singing because the word is coming. But this is the climax and uh, we're about to be taught the word again. Now how many of you learned something powerful from the prosperity teaching segment of the service? Amen. And uh, when I was little, my mother always used to ask me, what did you learn when you went to church? And it's something you should always ask yourself, what did you learn today when you went to church? What is God saying to you? And what word did God have for you? And this afternoon, I believe God has something to say to everybody. And uh, sometimes you don't listen at home. That's why they send you to school, so that you listen. So sometimes you can't receive at home. So God has brought you from your homes and your different places. He brought all of us here to hear the word that he has for us tonight. And before prophet comes up, we're going to sing a song that says, I expect a miracle. I'm expecting God to speak to me. I'm expecting him to touch me. I'm expecting him to touch my life. Are you ready to sing it? Let's sing it. I expect a miracle today. I expect a miracle today. Come on, everybody can sing it. Nothing is impossible. Those who believe Come on, lift your hands and sing it. Are you ready for his word? I believe his word is still the same. And I expect, I expect a miracle. And I expect a miracle. Come on, Jackson, lift your hands and sing it again. For with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. It's not possible. to be in church now today I'm I want to share with you about how to let your life become supernatural exciting and not boring not monotonous amen how many want a monotonous boring life monotonous boring life well some people really like monotonous boring things but I've always been 
attracted to excitement. That's why I like animals. I like wildlife. I like to see things. I like to go out, find out what's happening. Oh, yes. So, I was excited to come to the first love church about 10 years ago. I came here. I'm excited to be here. Excited to go for crusades. Excited to do all the things that God has given us to do. Amen. Now, there are many ways to fulfill the prophecy. Let's turn to John 3, 6. John chapter 3 and verse 6. All right? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Verse 7. Marvel not that I said you must be born again. You must be born again. Verse 8. The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So when you are born of the Spirit, notice, notice up on stage here, the wind, you can see the scripture very nicely on stage. The wind blows where it listeth, that means where it wants, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. It means you can't tell where it's coming from, and you can't where, tell where it's going. So that means it's mysterious. So mi- when you are born again, you become supernatural. Like, you can't really tell what is this, where is that. Now, if I told you about my angel who is with me and has been with me, and if I told you my, the, the name of my angel, you'll be, you'll be surprised. And if I tell you things about the spirit realm and about God, it's mysterious. And that's exciting and mysterious. And I love exciting and mysterious things because God is taking us deeper all the time. Amen. Amen. So the wind blows where it listed and you can't tell. So everyone who is born again, anyone who is a child of God, has a supernatural element to his life. So may you enjoy a supernatural aspect to your life. You are not just an ordinary person. You are not just an ordinary person. You are... Someone with a supernatural backing. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around them that fear him. So there are angels around anyone who is a believer. Always angels around. There are always angels around. Oh yes. There are always angels around anyone who fears the Lord. And does what? And delivers them. Because Angels are God's method of helping you. And angels are such that they are always present. Like I said to you the last time, this world is not the world. The real world is the spirit world. The spirit world is, has produced a world that we are in, which is not, which is, which is the unreal world. It's, it's so brief. Just a few years and we are gone. But the real world is out there. It's the realm of the spirit. And that's where when you die, that's where you go. You're going to be there forever. And there's no time there. So when we say eternity, it doesn't mean a long time. It means another realm of existence. It's not about being in hell or heaven for a long time. It's being in a in another realm, 
where they, they don't count time. You see, time as we know it, is, uh, our understanding of time is even sort of limited by our earthly existence. I mean, why would God make us in the real world and he stays in an unreal world? God is real, angels are real, and then he makes us, and we rather have the real world, and he moves and becomes a ghost. No, he is in the real world, and we are in the unreal and very temporary world, which is going to come to an end for most of us in the next 50 to 60 years. Most of us will find out whether what I'm saying is true or not. I think I went too deep at the beginning of this message. I hope I didn't come to the wrong, to the, to the wrong church. <laughs> Is it too deep for you? So, for your life to rise up above monotony and to become exciting, all right, and adventurous, wow. You need to take the opportunity that comes to you for something supernatural. Now today, I want you to know that prophecy, prophets and prophecy is a door to the supernatural world. If you take it seriously. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1. And verse 19. And that's all I'm sharing about today. We have, 2 Peter 1 verse 19. We have a more sure word of prophecy. More sure. More sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn. And the day star arise in your hearts. Now, God is saying that. Take heed to prophecies. All right? Now, what are prophecies? And what's a prophet? Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18. Who is a prophet? What is a prophet? Notice, I want you to see God defines a prophet very clearly. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, it says, I will raise them up a prophet from amongst their brethren. Okay? Like unto thee. And he will put my words and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So that's a prophet. Someone who speaks what God says. What God says is what he speaks. He's not saying something good per se or something bad per se or something nice. You know, we, he, he's speaking what God is saying. We often think that, oh, a prophet will say, oh, it's going to be okay. Things are going to work out. You're going to be a rising star. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And then, oh, amen, amen. This is a very good prophet. And when it doesn't come to pass, we say, oh, there are some other factors that we're working. No, no. A prophet is just someone who says what God told him. And that's not so easy to do or to be, to say what God says to someone, to you. I have to come to you and tell you what God says. And what about if what God says is very nasty? One time God sent a prophet and he said to him, 
Do not diminish a word. Don't say it softly. Don't say it politely. Don't embellish it. Do not diminish, thou shalt not diminish a word. Diminish not a word. Amazing. Amen. I'm waiting for that scripture. Diminish not a word. Thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak unto all the cities of Judah which come to worship in the Lord's house. All the prophets, all the words that I command thee to speak unto them. Diminish not a word. Don't, don't, don't soften it. Don't, don't, don't change it. If I am rebuking them, rebuke them. If I'm cursing, curse. If I'm blessing, bless. Don't diminish it. Don't change it. (laughs) You know, one time I sent someone on a mission and uh, I didn't tell her, I didn't tell the person to say this. Oh, the person went to speak and said, I mean, I, I was saying that, look, I have goodwill towards you. The person went and said that I, you know, I'm even going to buy a car for, 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 for you. So I was in my office when these people came. I said, oh, we, we heard that you said you'll buy a car. I said, I said I'll buy a car for you. It was, an, it was a, you know, a, a Christian organization. And I realized that my messenger had gone to make a promise which I had not made. So I decided to buy the car for them because I didn't want it to be like I've said something and I've changed what I said. I don't like those things. Because the people have believed that I said I was going to buy a car for them. I think it was an orphanage or something like that. So I said, Let, let's buy a car. You know. Hey! So you see, when you have a messenger, you are always worried with plant. And then in the end, it becomes something else. And so God wants us to be strong and to say what he says he wants you to say. And that's a prophet. So don't expect a prophet to be someone who's just saying sweet words. All right? Am I in the right church? Okay. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which which he shall speak in my name. If you don't listen to the words which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. Yeah. And that, that, that I will require it of him, I, I think it's something bad. So when a prophet speaks to you and you don't listen, and he's a real prophet speaking from God, and you don't listen, God is going to require it from you. God is going to judge you for it. Why didn't you listen to him? I sent him to your life. Why do you listen to him? So God says, I will require, because he spoke on, on, in my name, on my behalf. Okay? Verse 20. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. So there's a strict warning for the prophet as well. That don't say things which I haven't said. Now, verse 21. 
And if thou shalt say in thine heart, I'm talking to you a little about prophets and prophecy. And if thou shalt say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? How can we know? How can we know that God is not speaking to this man? God has spoken to this man. God is not speaking to this. How can we know a, a real prophet? Okay, verse 22. And he says, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet which has spoken presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. In other words, the litmus test for whether the person is a prophet or not is whether the things that he has said have come to pass. That is how to know a prophet. It's very simple. How do you know this person is a prophet? Is that if the things that the person has said has come to pass, then that person is speaking as a prophet or a spokesperson from God. Now, if I am a prophet in this church and to my church, then you will know by the things that I have said that have come to pass. That's how you know. So anyone, like one, one brother said to me, he said, oh, you know, I don't see you as a pastor. You know, he said, I don't see you as a pastor because I've been in the church for a long time. I can produce so many tapes, messages that you've preached and so, and so that all the things that you are saying, they have all come to pass as though you were joking. You were saying many things. He says, me, I don't see you as a pastor. I see you as a prophet. That's what he said. Because I've been in church for too long and I've seen all these things that were said and have come to pass practically. So a prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God and there are different kinds of prophets that God sends, all right? So you must be careful when you are dealing with the word that comes from the Lord through prophets and prophecies, Amen. Amen. And God sends prophets to you. Not just anybody is your prophet. All right? So, you know, today we have people who have a church and a prophet. They have a church, then they have a prophet. I met somebody recently, and I asked the person, where do you go to church? And the person mentioned a church. And then I said, I go to church here. Then on Fridays, I go here. So it's like, I go, I have a church and then I have a prophet. So Sunday, I have this church and then I have this other church on Fridays. You see? So what you must realize is that when people do that, right, what it says is that how can it be that this person is your pastor and your prophet, and then there's another prophet with another voice. Then it's like you have two heads. Now, if for instance, you, you talk about prayer meetings, okay? If somebody goes to church, I say, and, and this person I just met in the last 48 hours. If the person tells me, I go to church here, but I go here on Fridays. I go for all night here, and I go to church here. What does it mean? You see, one of the things you realize is that people do not join their churches properly. Because if you take our church, for instance, we have flow prayer meeting. 
If you join the flow prayer meeting from 4 a.m. to a 7, sometimes to 8, and we pray very soon, those who are part of the flow, they really benefit from it. And if you were to join it on Tuesday and Fridays, you would have had a serious prayer meeting that can change your whole life for at least seven to eight hours in a week. But it's because you don't join, you need an all night somewhere. Yes, which is equal to the all night. Yes, and because you don't listen to someone like someone said, I take this person as, I take you as a prophet. Because many of the things that we are saying, they are all prophecies. You see? And many of the things that are being said, they are all prophetic words, if you take them prophetically. Yes. Now, if you look at, let's look at Revelations chapter 1. What does it say in verse 3? It says, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things that are written, for the time is at hand. Amen. Blessed is he that readeth. All right? So in Revelation chapter 22, verse 7 and verse 10, it says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Books are prophecies. This is the book of Revelations. And then in verse 10, you have, it says, And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So you see, as a church, you are blessed to have books that have been written. They are prophecies. Like the book that we were going through during the offering time. I mean, you see that it's telling you exactly the causes of poverty, intractable poverty, and the causes of inequality. Which other prophecy again do you want? You want somebody to look at you and tell you, I see your tipper track on a hill. And we are causing the tipper track to come downstairs. Then you know that it's a prophecy. So what it is is that you are subjecting yourself, you are, you are opening yourself up to a possible deception. No, I'm not saying that it is it's not true. It's true that your tipper track will be parked at the top of a hill and it can't move, it can't come down. But I'm telling you that when you make yourself vulnerable, do you understand, to uh, some of these things, when you already have everything sitting in front of you, it's because you are not taking advantage of your ch- as a child. Yes, and of what there is in your house. It's like a child who grows up in a house and as a child grows up, the child doesn't like the values of the parents. And says, oh, I don't like your church. I don't like even your political party and I don't like what what party you belong to. I don't like your your church. I don't like your pastor. I don't like everything you like, I don't like. It's like being in a church, everything that is in the church, I don't want what is in the church. I want what is outside. It's like, it's like, oh, when you go, your child goes to your friend's house. So, uh, Uncle so-and-so, they cook nicer food. The jollof in their house is nicer than the jollof in our house. The, the rice in his house is nicer than the rice in our house. And it's like, you keep on comparing and looking at things that are not in your house and saying that that is better. And it's only when you grow up later that you say, oh, mommy was a good mommy and daddy was a good daddy. But we didn't know it when we were growing up. We always thought that Uncle so-and-so was a better 
and a nicer father. How many have ever felt that your friend's father was nicer than your father? No, close your eyes and raise your hand. Close your eyes and raise. How many have ever felt that your friend's father was a nicer? If only your father was as nice as your friend's father, you would have a better life. You would flow with your father. But your father is not as nice as your father. That is normal. So you can be in your church and you will be thinking that the food on the other side is nice. It's like a cow looking across and saying that the grass over there is very green. And there is, or or even you you are in your house and you are looking at uh, somebody's lawn and you are saying, ah, if only our house was, uh, had such a nice lawn. We, we don't have, we have only weeds. But what you don't know is that the septic tank is overflowing into the garden. That is why the whole place is green. Yes, because the septic tank is watering and manuring the whole area. And those people in that house are suffering from the bad smell in the house. And they are wishing that they would not have a house with such a bad smell. Whilst you are wishing for that house with the septic tank. Who is a prophet? You know, in Luke chapter 7, Jesus was called, you see, uh, when, he, when, he, when he raised this child from the dead, they, they, they said, a great prophet has risen up in our midst. A great prophet. And like Derek Prince said, Jesus was the, is the greatest of all the Jewish prophets. All of them. There is no greater prophet. Look at it. He says, a great prophet is risen up among us and that God has visited his people. Yes, a great prophet. You see, because you can have a great prophet in your mind, but you will not notice, you will not know or notice. What is a great prophet? Someone who speaks on behalf of God. That's all. That's all. He speaks on behalf of God. What God has said, he speaks it. Even if it's a personal thing and it tells you something personal, fine. But you cannot force God, you cannot force a prophet to have and create things which are not there. So I'm just telling you this so that you appreciate the prophet you have in your own church. Amen. And receive from it and it will make your life supernatural. I'm telling you. Amen. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? So that is a great blessing. Stop, tell your neighbor, which gra- green grass are you admiring on the other side? Ask your neighbor, are you aware of the septic tank that is, that is best on, in that house? Or the gutter that is flowing through the house? The drain from the whole area is passing through the house. Amen. So, when I preach to you, if I am your pastor, if I am your shepherd, if I am your prophet, you have to see the prophetic element in it. If I am, listen, if I am, then you have to take it seriously. If you don't, it will be required from you. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And they rose up early, in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Taqwa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. 
Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Amen. Amen. Believe in the prophets, the prophetic words that have been spoken. Amen. And you will prosper. All right? Now, I don't expect anybody who is not part of my fold to believe what I'm saying. You know, I belong to different groups, committees, and different things that are not part of this church. Most of the time, they don't believe what I say. They don't believe what I say. That is fine. I don't expect them to believe. Even if the things come to pass, that's up to them. Because they don't really believe what I But I expect you to believe. Yes. And that's why I came to the First Love Church. Because the younger people, the younger children, believe more. So make sure you are young at heart. And have faith. Alright? It's a journey. Believe in your, in your prophet and you shall prosper. Believe in it. Believe in it. And you prosper. It's a door to the supernatural. Yes. When God blessed me with Kenneth Hagin, I believed with him. I believed in him. And I'll tell you that you have to believe in a certain total, absolute way. When you have lots of questions in your head, you know, and I thank God, before someone could criticize Kenneth Hagin to me, I believed in him as... I mean, I, 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 and I still do believe him. I, I don't know any greater prophet in a certain sense. And he was also a prophet in a way. He had his own way of being a prophet. But to me, he was the greatest. I never heard of him calling anybody's phone number or anything like that. But his prophets, the way he was a prophet was that Jesus would appear to him. And Jesus appeared to him eight times. That's, that's how, and discuss with him, sit down with him for two hours and discuss something with him. I mean, that's a serious thing. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I prefer to have Jesus appear to me than to know somebody's a pin number. How many would like Jesus to appear to you and discuss something with you? Then? Yeah. What I'm saying is that there are so many types of prophets. The Bible says there are types of administrations and various types of operations. But it's the same spirit. And that was how Kenneth Hagin was. And that was the kind of uh, prophet that he was. You know, but I said before anybody could criticize, I, I, I saw it as the greatest thing. So when I lay down in my room and I put on a message and Kenneth Hagin is preaching, it's not that God is speaking, but to me, I'm in the presence of God and I'm hearing something wonderful and believe in God and believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. And truly, I have prospered in the ministry. Oh, yes, I prospered in the ministry. By the grace of God, our church has built almost 1,000 church buildings. Buildings. That's a lot of buildings. That's prosperity. Yeah. That's prosperity. So, when God gives you a prophet, you know, don't listen to things that want to make you bring the prophet down to a natural level and analyze the person in a natural way. In fact, Rick Joyner is somebody who I see as a prophet, even that, 
God gave to me. A great. That was what, one day I read on the internet something about his personality, and they were saying that he's a choleric. Something. That was one of the things that offended me. Because you, when you analyze someone as he's choleric, he's melancholic, he's this, is that, you started to see the person in a natural way and not in a spirit way. Paul said, I, answered, I know no man after the flesh. If you know me after the flesh, you will not be blessed by me. Me, my flesh is Heward Mills. I'm from Heward Mills. I'm from another family, Switzerland, mixed up, whatever. After the flesh, there's nothing you'll get from me. After the flesh, I'm a medical doctor. There's nothing much. Chloroquine, Panadol, this and that. And it's over. That's all. But if you know me after the spirit and in the realm of the spirit, you will have a different experience of me. Yes. So it is important that you know someone after the realm of the spirit. And that's why Paul said that, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, henceforth, we know him no more. Because even though he is Jesus Christ come in the flesh, he is actually the son of God come down to heaven, come down from heaven. Jesus said, I came down from heaven. These are his words, I came down from heaven. And they challenged him. <laughs> they said, I, he said, I came down from heaven. And then the, the Jews asked him, if you say you came down from heaven, we know your mother and your father. How do you say you came down from heaven? And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? So in the flesh, they knew him as the son of Joseph and Mary. But the true reality, if you want to relate with Jesus properly, is to know that I came down from heaven, not that I was born in this house or that house. So when you start to relate with your prophet as he was born to Mr. Heward Mills. He was born to Mrs. This. He's the this of that. He went to school here. He went to do that. He went to do that. You will not get the blessing of a prophet. No, 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 no. You don't get the blessing of a prophet. And that's why sometimes when I'm on outside committees, outside uh, whatever, when I speak, even when I speak, speak prophecies to them, they don't listen. And they don't, I don't need them to listen. But you should listen. Because if, if you also reject me, God gave me to you and you to me. So if you reject me, what do you get? What, what, what do you have? You have nothing. It's prophet. So believe in God, you will be blessed. Believe in his prophet and you shall prosper. Supernatural prosperity will come into your life. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, when I heard Kenneth Hagen describing the ministry how God called him to the ministry and he had his wife and his children two little children and God told him to go out and preach in churches he, he described how he would drive out of his house he would say bye bye to his wife bye bye to his children then he would drive out he said that he would drive down the road and turn left and park his car and cry and weep his heart was broken to leave his children and his family. And he would go around traveling from church to church, church to church. And he described how he suffered in the ministry, but he said it's worth it. He said it's more difficult to disobey God than to obey him. It's, it's very painful to disobey God. It's better to obey. One time he described his wife 
didn't want him to go around preaching. She wanted a normal husband. So one day he was preaching and he collapsed on stage. And then when he collapsed, his wife rushed there and said his wife heard the voice of God. And God said, I can take him somewhere where he will not come back. He will not come back home at all. And she, she, he said, right there on the floor, she said, prayed, Lord, take him to, to travel. Let him go everywhere that he needs to go. Let him travel. Let him preach. Hey! All those were teachings to me. I, 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 these stories, I remember them because they, 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 were, they are stories that stayed in my mind, in my heart. And they guide me. And that's the prophet that God gave to me. That's how come I'm in the ministry. When I started the, the ministry, you can ask my wife. My wife was working at the attorney general's. I had nothing. I was nothing. Nowhere. Just, as I said, I'm doing a church with a few people. 40 people. 60 people. Instead of being serious about my medical career. Everybody was worried for me. But it's something that God called me to do. And I did it. Believe in God. Believe in your prophets. Kenneth Hagin never spoke to me personally. I, I spoke to him once and took a, picture with, took a picture with him. I even asked him to pray for me. He said, I don't pray for people when I'm not under the anointing. He, he, refu- he refused to pray for me. But I took a picture with him. The blessing I got from him was not even from prayer. Listening to him preaching. That's how it changed my whole life. Just changed my whole life. Hmm. So believe in God and believe in your prophets. You shall prosper. Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14. Look at it quickly. I hope I came to the right church. And the elders of the Jews built it. They did what? They built it. They built it. Hmm? And they prospered. Through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they built it and finished it according to the commandments of God of Israel. The elders of the Jews built it and prospered through the prophesying. You see, the speaking, the speaking of Haggai and Zechariah. They built, see, they, they worked and the prophets were prophesying, encouraging them, teaching them, speaking to them, prophesying to them. And the Bible says that they built and prospered through, directly, you can't get it clearer than that, through the prophesying. Underline, they prospered through the prophesying. They prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah, the son of Edo. Yes. If you are here, listen to the prophesy. I took my book. He that hath and he that hath shall have more. And he that hath not, even what he has shall be taken away. A verse, a Bible verse. As a, Read the prophecies in that book. And it, you will be shocked at how it will change your whole life. There are so many things I have done in this book that we practice in the church. It has, it has made us prosper. Beyond what can happen from a classroom church in Kolegono or in Kolebu. No classroom church can easily become what we have become. Oh, yes. 
and few denominations in the world, few churches become so many churches in the whole world without debts. Without debts, by the way. They prospered through and they built. They built things and they prospered through the prophesying of the prophet. Through the prophesying of the prophet. I hope you build and prosper as you listen to the prophesies and the preachings and the talkings and so on. Oh, yes. And notice, no one asks you for anything. You are not under pressure to give anything in this church. Is it true or it's not true? Hey, say it well, otherwise, I, 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 maybe I'm in the wrong place. You are not under, prophecy to, under pressure to give nothing or ask for anything. If I was looking for rich people, I wouldn't have come to First Love Church. But you'll be richer than even those who think they are rich. Yeah. Amen. Job chapter 9 and verse 1. Then Job answered, I know it's of a truth. Amen. But how should man be just with God? If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and has prospered? Underline that. Who has hardened himself against God and prospered? Huh? Who? I'm talking about prosperity. Who has hardened himself against God and prospered? And against the word of the Lord and prospered? No one. So don't harden yourself. The books that I've written... They are, not, they, are not, they are not for sale. Have you come, you've come to the church, I said bring your phone and download every single 60 books. I download it free for everybody who is trying to make money here. Do you think I could not organize selling, 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 selling everywhere? We download free, 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 free all over the world, not only in Ghana. Free. It's a blessing for you. Prosper. They prospered and they built through the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah. Prosper, my friend, and build. May the grace that God has given us, may it fall upon you for international level prosperity in Jesus' name. The next one, debts are canceled through the prophesying. Debts are canceled. Every form of debt is canceled. Second Kings chapter 4. Now there was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elijah say thy servant my husband is dead and thou knowest not thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditor has come to take him my two sons and Elijah said what shall I do for thee what do you have in the house and she said thine handmaid hath not anything save a pot of oil and he said go and borrow thee vessels abroad even empty vessels borrow not a few and when thou art coming thou shalt shut the door upon thy sons and pour oil on, pour out unto those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full and so she went and she shut the door upon her sons and brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Verse 6. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And verse 7. And then she came and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou. And pay thy what? Thy debts. Debts are what? Cancelled. Debts are what? Cancelled. Are you listening to me? Debts are what? Cancelled. Go and sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Even told him how to live. Live off this one. 
Live off this one. Don't live off. Don't cut your coat bigger than your size. Live off this rest of the oil. Pay your debt and this is how to live. Throughout my life and the ministry, amen, uh, I have been prophesying, I've been prophesying, no debt, no borrowing. Many of the older people don't believe me. I went to a camp in the year 2001. That was before some financial crisis was coming to the earth. And I, I, prophesied, I, I prophesied, I taught, and I said, I've never really shared what I want to share about debts, mortgages, and all those things. And I preached it. Do you know what I did that I haven't done before? As I stood there, the year 2001, the camp is called, um, What is Your Life? As I read, my son, do this, my son. I don't know, I became, I was moved by the Holy Spirit, and I started to cry. Can you imagine me crying in the pulpit? I was, I was crying in the pulpit as I was talking about that. And I was looking, I couldn't see the screen anymore because my eyes were full of tears. And I kept talking, talking, you know, and said, my son, listen to me, my son, listen to me, my son, listen to me. Oh. And when I left, many of the people who were sitting there, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't believe me as a prophet. I was talking to them. <laughs> they just went somewhere to sign mortgages, debts, loans, different things. Up to today, many of them don't believe. And, and you see, up to today, many people, you ask yourself, why did you go to America? I thought you went to get a better life from the one we are having wherever. Something better. But because of debts and loans, and you see people talking, oh, whatever, you don't live here, you don't know what it is, we have to, whatever, you know, there's no, you can't do business. I mean, even look at Ghana and look at the rest of the world, all the debts and the loans and whatever. When you talk, these days, when I hear economic people talking, I tell them, I don't understand what you are saying and I did better in school than you because O-level, you, you couldn't do science. You, you had to do arts. Yes. And I don't understand the words you are saying. I don't understand it. That's all. I don't understand it. All the plenty big words, what are these things you are saying? I don't understand it. What has it led us to? Where, where, where has it brought us? Where do all these big sounding words, how can it be that one thing you speak we don't understand? I'm also a professional, I'm a doctor. I can speak medical things to you. You understand every word I'm saying. You understand all the diagnosis, the treatment, the dangers, the implications, everything you can understand is step by step. But how come it is when you are speaking economics, which is even an invented science, it's not even a science that was there. You are inventing it as you go along. How come we don't understand the words you are saying? You have invented words, created words. So we are all confused. When you give a speech, we all sit there and say, ah, wow, maybe you understand. But as I've been going on, I say, ah, one day I will understand. But I'm almost 60 years old. I still don't, I'm not getting it. Will I be 90 years old before I understand it? Oh, come on. Let's be serious. People have mocked me. I talk about you don't have to borrow whatever and so on. Do it, do this, do that, do that, whatever. And so you know you don't understand. You know what the system is how you know whatever. <laughs> Here we are. Where has it go? Where has it gotten us to? I'm talking. Where where has it gotten you to? Where are we? I'm not talking about Ghana. Nobody should say I'm talking about Ghana. I don't know where Ghana is. Because I'm not interested in what they are doing. I'm talking about you. Where does it get you to? 
Yes. Where has it gotten us to? Us, that means me and you. Don't say I'm talking about Ghana. Nobody should say I'm talking about If you say I'm talking about Ghana, you are lying. Yes. I'm talking about us. Where are we? One word. When I heard Aboyedepo, somebody that I learned from speaking about deaths, he said exactly the same word that I said. He said when he talked about death, he said some people say, you know, you are not a businessman. You don't know whatever, whatever, whatever. He said, by the grace of God, you see what he has done and what he's doing. No debt, zero debt, zero debt by the grace. Receive the grace. You see, the prophet is telling you, the prophet is telling you, you can live your life and your business. You not owe anybody personally and corporately and every way. It is possible. It is possible. Believe. Don't despise. Don't make fun. Don't make fun of things. We are getting older. How many years will it take you before you will listen and learn something? How many years? How many years? How many years? Huh? How many years do we take to learn and believe? It's amazing. Let me not use any bad examples to, 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 to give you as a bad example to learn from. But just use your own life and look around. Amen. God himself is telling you, and I'm prophesying to you, a life free of debt and owing and pressure. Pressure. At least if I have pressure, Christ, not the pressure of somebody is coming for my man, for money this month. No, no, that pressure that by the grace of God. The prophet prophesied and said, pay thy debt and live off the rest. You and your children. May the Lord bless you and show you how to live with the rest of what he has given you. You are destined for debt-free living. You are destined for freedom from deceptions of economic words. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sit down for a moment, please. Look, I want you people to respect real prophets. And before I close this, this afternoon, I want you to look at Matthew 24. And I want you to respect the greatest of all. It's the, the prince who has made me really see Jesus as a prophet. In Matthew 24 and verse 1, Jesus went out, okay, and departed from the temple. And his disciples came for to show him the buildings of the temple. This temple was one of the wonders of the world in those days. There was nothing like that in the whole world. And Jesus said to them, notice, do you see all these things? Eh? Do you see all these things? There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. <laughs> Verse 3. And he sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, When shall these things be? Now look at verse 2 again. Imagine Jesus, imagine our Flagstaff house. Is it called Flagstaff or Jubilee? Jubilee house. Imagine Jubilee house. Somebody stand and say, oh, this place will be flat. It will be flat. They'll, be, they'll plant grass on it. <laughs> what? 
That's what Jesus was doing. He was sitting there looking at the greatest monument of all time sitting there and telling that not even one stone will be on top of the other. That's serious. I mean, I don't want to talk about any other country, just our own country. If somebody comes down, I don't know which other place, or even the airport, somebody says that, oh, this airport will be used to plant grass. There'll be a rice farm here. It, 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 it's too fantastic. And that's what Jesus did. He said, this thing, this is what it's going to be. You have to fear real prophet. Do you see? Oh, yes. And for me, the prophet is the most attractive ministry to me. That's why I like them. I, I love them. I watch them. I listen to them. They're young and they're old. They are, they are my favorites. I just enjoy them. Oh, yes. Because it's more supernatural. I feel more nearer the supernatural world. Oh, yes. Look at it. Then Jesus said unto them, not one stone. Huh? Now notice the next prophecy. Then he said, when will this be? What is the sign? What is the end of the world? Look at verse 4. Keep going. And Jesus answered, don't let anybody deceive you. Many shall come and say, I am Christ. And shall deceive men. Even today, there's a man in Philippines. He's like, he says, it's Jesus Christ. Yes. It's very serious. <laughs> like with a lot of followers. <laughs> and then you shall hear of wars. Okay. Wars. And rumors of wars. Don't be troubled. These things must come. Then nation shall rise against nation. Derek Prince said something. He said that the world, world, the word world war has never been used until the 20th century. World war. We've had wars, but we've never had a war called a world war. That one, we have it now. And this one that started in Ukraine, which is affecting our economy so badly, is something that we were all expecting to be what? A world war. We've never heard that word before. It's just a current word. Look at Jesus. He's predicting a type of war. And then he said, nation shall rise against nation. Now that word nation is ethnos, ethnic against ethnic. Yes. It's the ethnic conflict. It's so much in the world. Yes. The ethnic group against another ethnic group. Jesus is the one who said it. Nation shall rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. We have it. Jesus predicted this is what is going to happen. Clearly. And kingdom against kingdom. You know? Oh, yes. Then there shall be famines. I mean, we've had famines in the world. I mean, I don't know. Jesus is talking 2,000 years ago. And you see, in our current world with the current news, I remember one time going into a lift, and then the lift said um, four people or so many kilos. Do you know what a lift is? Oh, shall I stop? I think I'll I'll stop. The the lift said four people or... uh, four people or a certain number of kilos. Then somebody made a joke 
and said, oh, if this lift was in this country, it would say 10 people or the same number of kilos. He said, because there's a famine there. Everybody's very small. Uh, so 10 people would fit into the lift. I don't want to say that. I don't want to mention the name of the country. But not so far away. What a joke. <laughs> nation shall rise against nation. There shall be famine. Pestilence is the old word for epidemic. Pestilence is the old word for epidemic. If you check in the Greek, it means epidemic. So I don't need to tell you much about epidemic. You know about monkeypox. You know about Ebola. You know about yellow fever. You know about the plague which wiped out a quarter of Europe. One third of Europe actually was taken away by the plague. Can you imagine one third of of Europe? Everybody dying, one third. That's what made John Calvin run away. John Calvin was a Frenchman. That's how he, he went to Switzerland. He was running away from the plague. And he went to Switzerland. That's how he ended up in Geneva. Yeah. He was running away. Interesting. Earthquakes. Yeah. Now, you see, the reason why some, we have more earthquakes is because more places are populated. There are earthquakes happening all the time. But because more places are populated... You hear of more earthquakes because there are more earthquakes in populated places, including tsunamis and all those things. Jesus predicted them. Let's go on. All these are just the beginning. It's not a problem. All these are just the beginning. <laughs> a great prophet is amongst us. That's Jesus. A great prophet. And you see, it's the teaching in the Bible that's the great prophet. Yeah. Look at what he says. And they shall deliver you to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You'll notice even the hatred for Christians all over the, through the years, even up to now. Now, who, who, is, who is suffering from hate, 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 hate crime or hate speech? Who is hated more than a Christian is not allowed to believe in his own Bible? And, and, and read what is in the Bible and express what is in the Bible. If you say that, they say it's a hate, hate speech church hate crime, to read the Bible and to say what we, be, we believe in this, we believe in We are not allowed to even believe in it across the whole world. And they put so much pressure on the churches to officiate perversions and of be the priest to officiate such things. It's wonderful. You say them and you say you are, you are full of hate. But then, and many shall be offended. Many will be hurt and betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. In this era, you see the love of Christians is cold. Many people are cold Christians. You can't stay in church for more than an hour. Oh, it's a, what time is it? One and a half hours, we have somewhere to go. We have whatever to go. We are doing something. We are busy. We are busy. We have whatever. But you watch Netflix, 97 episodes in one season. 97 episodes. You know, the other day I saw a series on Netflix. I decided to check how many episodes. 97. 97 episodes in season one. What about season two? Not 10 episodes or 12 episodes. 97. In one season. And every episode is about one hour. The love of many growing cold. So we don't have time for church. And look, two fast songs. There have already been two fast songs and two slow songs. Let's get on with the announcements. Let's move on. And because of iniquity, love of men shall wash cold. 
but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. The same shall be saved. Verse 14. And this gospel, this gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness, not for their conversion, but just as a sign to all nations. And then shall the end come. So the end will not come from these wars and famines and problems and earthquakes, which he's described as though he lives today. But the end will be brought about by the preaching of the gospel in all the world. That's why we are, we are going to Cameroon from next week. We'll be in Cameroon preaching the gospel everywhere. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every town, everywhere we can, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. Practically. Yeah. That's Jesus. That is Jesus telling us, prophesying about the end of the world. And no one could believe that the temple, which he was, which was so great, he said, not even one stone will be on top of the other. And when you go to Israel today, you can't find this temple anywhere. You can't find it. So when you hear a prophecy like this from Jesus, what do you do? You, 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 it, it is to guide you. The Bible says that it, you take heed like, like someone, you know, with a light in a dark place. Yes. And because Jesus came from heaven to talk to us. He knew this was, that's why he allowed himself to die 30 years. He was 30 years. He didn't want to stay here. This is not the real world. He gave us indications, words, and he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, what I've said, it will never pass away. So ladies and gentlemen, let us believe in the prophets God is giving us, the greatest of whom is Jesus Christ, and his words are eternal. And If God has given you a prophet in me, to you, or to whoever, you have to learn to trust, to believe. And you see, it should make you, it should should, should give a caution to your soul. Hey, be careful. A word has been given about this. Be careful about this particular thing. Sometimes even, you know, many times the way I prophesy is that it's casual. So you think I'm just um, chatting. I I, I prophesy when I'm chatting. Really, will you see me with a handkerchief? <laughs> or a towel, sorry. I know it's supposed to be a towel. You rarely see that sort of thing with me. Oh, yes. Many, many people who have been orangus, I said it before they became orangus. I said, this person will be the first person to, 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 to be an orangu. This one will be the first person to do this. He will do this. Two years later, the person did it. Because when people are also connected to me, God shows things to me in the spirit. Yes. And many things. Many things. Angels. Many things. So open your spirit and benefit and and move on deeper and higher. Many years ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, take rejoiner. Take him as a father. Don't just take him as a, a book you read. Receive him in a certain way. So that I can be blessed properly. Yes. Because there's so much that God wants to download to your life through his servants. Look at Jesus. Look at us who have believed in Jesus. What has it done for us? It has saved us. It has changed us. And that's what God wants you to do. Believe in his prophets. Believe and listen to the words. I expect you, if you belong to us, to be soaking in messages. 
listening to the podcast, playing it on your phone, playing it at home. Listen to the messages. Soaking your life will change. You see if it will not change your life. See, I expect you to listen to the camps. Soaking the messages. I expect you to join in the floor prayer meetings and receive all that there is for you. Read your Bible and read the Bible that the books are guiding you to read. And your whole life will start to change. It was, you know, one day somebody was asked, where do you get all these things from? And I, I gave him the Kenneth Hagin tapes. Because you know why? I said that he will not even listen to it. You will not listen to it. Because I can show you the source of my secrets. When I give it to you, you won't have time to listen. You won't even listen. I know what it has done for me. I know what it has done for me. Take the thing seriously. Take the thing seriously. Because God will speak to you and bless your whole life. Look at me standing here. As if I never went to school. As if I'm not training in anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, internal medicine, surgery, gynecology, obstetrics, Pediatric, psychiatry, ophthalmology, community, health. As if I don't know anything. As if all I have is a Bible. I'm a fully qualified medical doctor. But it's like it's it's nothing. It's like it's nothing. Because God is everything. Just taking heed to the call of God and the prophecy. It it changes everything. It changes your whole life. Let God bless you. I say let God take you higher. Through the words of the prophet. Don't put the words of the prophecy aside and be listening to Joy FM News or City FM or Radio FM or uh, Peace FM or Happy FM or Sweet Melodies or any FM. I beg you, please. I mean news. I mean news. Not a particular station. Yes. The word of God is greater than any news. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Ask your neighbor, are you into podcasts? Are you into podcasts? Do, do, you know, do you know what is podcast? Do you know what podcast is? Those of you upstairs, do you know what podcast is? Okay, check the person's phone and see if this podcast is on it. Check the person's phone and see if the podcast is on it. many don't know what the podcast is today we are going to help you raise your hand or you are checking okay please do it for your neighbor if he doesn't have it oh yes podcast podcast now ask your neighbor are you into flow prayer meetings are you into the flow prayer meetings or not check the person's phone whether there's a notification for flow prayer meeting What else is there? What else is there? Books. Are you into the books? What did they say? Do you have the books? Check the person's phone whether he has all the 60 books. Mm. Ajay, please help to check somebody. Uh, free, everything is free you wonder this is Laodicea abundance of bread abundance of idleness mercy
how many realize that Jesus was a very great prophet? Very, very, very great. Mm. Listen. In Matthew 24 and verse 15, what did he say? He said, when you shall see the abomination of desolation, then let him understand. Okay, then verse 16. Let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Jesus told them, you're not going to have enough time to escape. And it happened. AD 70, 70 years after Jesus, this happened. The whole of Jerusalem was flattened. History, AD 70. And what happened was that the Roman emperor who came to attack Judea and Jerusalem had news that his father, who was the emperor in Rome, died in 67. So he stopped the invasion. And went back to Rome. That was the time to escape. Because Jesus had told them, when you see, escape. Don't waste time at all. So he went back to Rome and they sent another Roman commander. And that was it. Everybody was slaughtered. That is when Israel was dispersed into the whole world. So prophecy is guiding you. It's like you would take heed if you listen to it to be a light. If you listen to what is in the books, listen to what God is showing you in the messages, the camps, everything. You are being fed over and over and over again. That was their chance in AD 67 when the Roman emperor died. That was a chance to escape. Some took it. But of course, those who listened to his words. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for everyone today hearing your word. I pray that our hearts will be tuned to your word. Tuned to you, Jesus. To pick your words and receive all that you give to us. Thank you for the young. Thank you for the old. Thank you for the prosperity that you send to our lives. As we trust you, thank you that as we trust your word that you are speaking to us through your servants Lord our lives will never be the same thank you for an open door to the supernatural we are blessed we thank you Father in the mighty name of Jesus and we pray also for those watching online for your blessing Lord for everyone to hear to believe to walk in the words of the Lord, the words of the prophet, the words that are of prophecy, the books of prophecy, the messages, the camps, the teachings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We give you thanks and praise for everyone who is part of this amazing service in the name of Jesus. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here and you want to give your life to God, pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe someone invited you to church. I don't know who you are, but listen carefully. Today is a day of salvation. If you are here and you want to be saved, you want to be saved, you want to be changed, 
then lift your right hand like this. And Jesus wants to change your life and save you. That's also another prophecy to you. This is your time. This is your day to be saved. The Bible says that except a man is born again, he can never enter the kingdom of heaven. If you are here today and you want me to pray with you because you want to give your heart to God and you want to be changed, you want to experience a real change, I want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus, to God. Then I'm asking you to lift your hand. This is your last, I'm giving you the last call. Just lift your hand, stand where you are, but lift your hand up high like this. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me. Come from upstairs. Come from the side. Come from wherever you are. Come. Come to the front right here. I want to pray with you. God bless you. Jesus forgive me for my sins I realize that I'm a sinner but I come to you just as I am have mercy on me wash me cleanse me make me a new person from today say it from your heart from today I give my heart my life my everything to Jesus Christ please write my name in the book of life from today I surrender say from your heart I surrender all to Jesus let's all say Jesus I receive you as my savior and my lord please write my name in the book of life my name is mention your name right now my name is Please write this name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Now listen, all of you in front here, everyone listen. Jesus is changing your life. Are you listening? Jesus is changing your life. You know, there is a day that God changes your life. And this is today. This is what the Bible says. You are being born again born again 
but you have to take it serious. You may not see God standing, all you see is me. But God is speaking to you. He's still speaking to you. He's calling you. He's changing you. He's touching you. He's challenging you. He's cleaning you. And he's making you a new person. Amen. So from today, I want you to take God seriously. Are you going to take God seriously? And follow Jesus with all your heart. And your life will never be the same. In 1978, I gave my life to Jesus. I've never regretted it. Never. I can't say even one day I've regretted giving my life like what you are doing. Giving my life to Jesus. I have no regrets. I want to serve him more than even 1978. I want to serve him better. So today is your day of salvation. Lift your hand and say, today is my day of salvation. My life is changed forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Now, I'm going to give you one of my books. One of my pastors is lifted up high. She said, follow me. I want you to follow this pastor to a place and then you'll come back and join us. Okay? If you, if you left your bag or something, go and get it. But other than follow this pastor. God bless you. Please go this way. You may be seated. Take out your communion. John chapter 6 and verse 15. This is the bread which come down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. As we partake of this holy communion, may you be touched, may you be healed of every disease, every standing. Father, I thank you for healing. Listen, everyone should pray with me. Doctors, hospitals, admission will never be associated with you in the name of Jesus. The Lord heal and restore every condition that seemed to be even 70% cured may be cured 100%. Everything that seems to be healed but is not fully healed may you be healed as you partake of the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. represents a mistake a mistake how many have made mistakes oh yes father we lift up this blood this communion wine we believe it is now the blood any mistake we have made we pray that it shall be washed away by the blood any error that has happened in our lives wrong step and also wrong direction for some time may the blood of Jesus cleanse us forever from this mistake the blood of Jesus Christ
listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.